If you enjoy listening to inspirational stories from people just like us, facing the fear and doing it anyway, then you're in the right place. My name is Claire Hill and this is the No Rest for the Vivid podcast. Hello, welcome to another episode of No Rest for the No Rest for the Vivid podcast. I was trying to say then, mini Monday at the same time as saying No Rest for the Vivid. There you go. It's not perfect, but remember, done is better than perfect, guys. Um, and ladies and everybody else out there, you know who you are. Anyway, I'm going to keep this nice and short. I'm actually going to make it keep it a mini Monday because some of you are new round here, and this might be the first episode that you've ever listened to. And um, I think, I know, I've got a few more listeners. Really grateful for you being here, by the way. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening. Share with your friends. Um, And I hope it's useful. But I thought I would reintroduce myself in a really quick five-minute podcast because maybe you don't know who I am. My name is Claire Hill. Um, I am the founder of the Vivi Club, which is a membership for business owners. And we offer trauma-informed business support. I say we, it's just me at the moment. And I offer one-to-one coaching and support, mentoring and um, training and courses. Currently tonight, it's Wednesday evening, in about half an hour, I'm delivering Project Warrior Boss, which is my group coaching program. And I am also the CEO of Vivid Wire. So I'm a wire artist, product-based small business, though we don't like saying small. And I have had quite a few careers. So once upon a time, in a dark little flat in Kent, <laughs> I lived. <laughs> no, I um, I always talk about this part because I think it's really, I, I find how people grew up, grew up really interesting. And actually, I could go into loads of de- depth, but um, I grew up in Kent. My father passed away when I was eight. My mum my was pregnant with my brother and there was three of us. So um, when my dad passed away, I became a young carer and um, we lived, it was quite, we were quite hard up. We didn't have what you have nowadays. Um, So when I fell into a caring role, went to university and specialised in working with adults with learning disabilities, um, came out of university and worked with homeless families, helping them with their accommodation in the community. Um, Then I went and managed homes for adults with learning disabilities so I went into a management role and then I went back into management for community teams working in the community with with homeless adults and families and then we were going to be made redundant um uh, we had a bit of a change of government people remember back this was back in 2011 and um I the our budget was going to be cut by 62%. I always remember it was 62% because I just couldn't believe how much our budget was cut, which meant a team had to be cut in half. Um, And because I'd gone and managed um, somewhere else, I'd actually worked in the same place and then come back. I wasn't within the two-year, you know, security, employment security thing. So I was like, right, what am I going to do? And educating Essex was on at the time. So I thought, I'm going to go and be a teacher. So I wrote letters to all of the secondary schools in the county and some in South London, actually, like on the um, fringe and said, um, look, this is me. Um, I've run a business. I'll come to that in a minute. I've run a business and um, I've got an experience in health and social care. 
also really like maths. So if you feel like I could teach some stuff, I'll come and teach unqualified and then I'll train up. Um, One school came back to me and I then spent nine years there and worked my way up teaching health and social care, teaching maths and became an assistant head teacher. And I had overall responsibility for attendance for quite a while, had a lot of safeguarding responsibility. And yeah, I did all of that. However, (laughs) back in 2009, 2008, no, 2009, um, I started a business called Violet and May and I used to hand sew um, jewellery and accessories um, and also wedding stuff, so bouquets and wedding hair things and whatever. And I worked on that for about three and a half, four years when, so it must have been nearly about, about four. It's not like with Vivi where I know everything to the date. And um, yeah, I did that for four, about three, four years. Um, but being a teacher, when you're trained to be a teacher, it's one of the most grueling things ever. So I had to sort of just stop it and bills needed to be paid. I had a little period where I was self-employed with Violet and May, but this was before Instagram. And I really, really found it a challenge on my mental health, working on my own. And at the time when I was self-employed with Violet and May, I was actually living on my own as well. So I was just working and living all by myself. For those of you who know me in real life, I'm quite a social person. So it was hard work um, and I didn't know what I knew now. Uh, so I put that to one side and then carried on, Was had big ambitions as, as being a her teacher and really enjoyed working with disadvantaged children. And I really found my little niche of the kids, basically the kind of kid that I was at school and worked with those. Um, and then I fell pregnant with my son, Jackson. And while on maternity leave, I'd made up, I'd made all of my wedding bouquets, centerpieces, anything that could be made for the wedding, I did it. And I'd used a lot of copper and rose gold wire. And um, this is not going to be many I've gone over already. I suppose that's what you get when you're 38. Um, got stories to tell. And I feel like I'm out of breath by two. <laughs> like, oh. um, so yeah, I, I, I just had this calling. He was about, I had quite a, a, a challenging childbirth um, with him, which caused me not to be able to really walk properly for um about three months, I was in a lot of pain. I've got hypermobility and shouldn't have had the birth that I had. But anyway, again, that's another story. I actually talk about it in episode five. If you are interested, you can go way back then. Um, but yeah, so I had the delivery and I remember thinking, right, I can't focus on what I can't do because there was loads I couldn't do. Like I couldn't stand for longer than a minute um, because, and you can imagine like trying to get a baby to sleep um, because of the pain. And I had to like to progress. I had to like time myself being able to stand for a minute and a half, then sit down, then then two minutes and like gradually progress. It was crazy recovery. Anyway, I recovered. I'm fine now. And um, so I did that. And in the, the, the where the haze started to lift, I had this overwhelming urge to create something like so it was so powerful and I remember literally the, the vision of my head as I went to where all of this wedding craft was and I started making stuff out of wire and 
and actually even talking about it, I'm getting like a physical reaction where I've got goose pimples. Creating wire art, and if you're watching on YouTube, you can see it behind me. Creating wire art for me changed my life, completely changed my life. How I could see my ability, my self-worth, what I could create, how I could change people's um, perceptions of wire art and having art in their own home and making them feel like they they really are worth having a piece of bespoke art in their home and I can make that possible for them and um, really owning some powerful words that they can have up on their wall. And I just absolutely become became addicted. So that was February. I, I launched it officially on Instagram in February 2018. And then a year later, I was pulling in quite a lot and I thought, Maybe. And I remember what my best month so far then was January 2020, before COVID. And I was like, this is really cool. This could actually be something. And uh, and I remember telling them, I, again, I just have this, I know exactly where I was when I had that conversation, what I was looking at at the time. It was really cool. And so in the following couple of months, I decided to leave the school I was teaching at because I was studying a master's degree in leadership of in, um, leadership of inclusion within the school. And I really wanted to have a focus on the support that children had if they experienced any trauma. Because inclusion, you always think of special educational needs, but actually we needed to incorporate that that those trauma responses and um the the mental health uh, support side of it and stuff and we just didn't do it then and I believe things are much better in schools now following the white paper being published but I really felt that the school well I'll tell you now I loved working there but when I was doing my master's degree I asked for some time to do it and if any of you have done a degree dissertation or master's degree or anything like that they you need time they gave me three hours for the year for the year and oh I did bust my gut for that school anyway I'm not holding any grudges and because everything happens exactly as it should but I remember that was that was the thing that that broke the camel's back thought there was a couple of other things but anyway so I thought right okay um I'm gonna leave and found another job and then when I'd given my notice in and then the um the head teacher of the new job sort of did me over they just really needed a maths teacher. But I cottoned on to it and realised. And thankfully, um, well, <laughs> I remember I remember going to a, an interview at a primary school. This, this, the school that my sister was assistant head at at the time is now head teacher. And <laughs> I remember thinking, she was like, so this is where we teach PE. And I was like, what? I've got to teach PE? Nah. So kudos to all your primary school teachers out there because I couldn't do it. I like being in the classroom teaching maths, not PE. No, thank you. Even though I do like, I'd like keeping fit, but not kids. No, 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 thank you very much. So um, at that point, I remember getting in the car and feeling overwhelmingly sick, thinking that I'm going to have to do something that I didn't want to do and really crying and feeling really upset. So when I came home, I said to my husband, I haven't got a job. I haven't got any, like, I can't work in the new school because they're doing me over. It's a worse situation than I'm leaving. I can't work in Jen's school 
what am I, what am I going to do? And it was at that point of the school year, if you're in education, like you need to get a job. Otherwise, you're not going to get a job till like Christmas. This was like the summer. So I was like, shit, okay, what am I going to do? And then my husband just said the magic words, you do have a job. You have vivid wire. And I was like, are you sure? Because there was no part of me that hesitated as soon as he said that because it was like, I, that's what I wanted. And all through the whole of that year, going back to school with a, with a baby, going back to work, all I wanted to do was stay home. All I wanted to do was be at home and be making. And I remember going going home and just crying my eyes out. Like every drive home, I was crying. I was either missing Jackson, I was missing like just too, so much work. And at that time, I was working. So I was working five days a week. I was getting up at four in the morning to make orders for Vivid Wire. Doing a, getting up. I was still, for some of this time, breastfeeding Jackson. Absolute crazy woman right here. I was breastfeeding Jackson in at like half six in the morning and at night before he went to bed, going to school, doing a full day of work. And then when Jackson was in bed, then doing my planning and my marking and then working all weekend. I was burnt out, but I was burnt out because I was I was really unhappy. And so, yeah, then um, I did Vivid Wire full time and that's almost three years ago. And then over probably and then it's. Mm, August 2021 I um just put it out there like I was asking lots of businesses were asking for support and just asking me questions so I thought maybe I'll just put it out there see if anyone wants some free support and people did and then they went to give me money for it (laughs) and then um I launched the podcast this podcast has been going from September 2021 and um yeah I was just chained to other business owners and just getting my how I work out and and it just grew from there and then I launched my Vivid Club membership and I've been coaching and mentoring and here we are today there you go and basically the reason why I do this is that I really believe that if you are a business owner and especially if you've gone through any kind of traumatic experiences or anything that's just been pretty shit the fact that you survived it and you're listening to this right now means there's some kind of magic in you. There's a magic that you can't really define, but that's the magic that grows your business. That's the magic that helps you stay in the business game. And that's what we're here to do, stay in the game. And we can turn a positive spin on anything. Not toxic positivity, though. We want to feel our feelings and feelings are supposed to be felt. But there is a power being able to flip things. And if you want any more about listen to about that, there's loads of podcast episodes all about that. So fill your boots. But thank you very much. If you are new around here, let me know. Um, all of the ways you can find me are in the show notes, but it'd be really, really cool to connect and um, let me know what you think of the podcast. And you can rate and review it as well. That's always welcome. Um, so yeah, that's a, um, that was my Google notification to go to my next meeting. <laughs> all right, have an amazing week. Hope you enjoyed. Thank you so much for listening to the No Rest for the Vivid podcast, written, produced and hosted by Claire Hill and music has been composed by my brother, Bill Vidler.